Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. For more information and to donate online, go to 3cr.org.au. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. Housing for the Aged Action Group, Hague for short, a housing group for older people run by older people. Present Raise the Roof. We advocate for secure, affordable and appropriate housing. So listen up on the second and fourth Wednesday of the month at 5.30pm on 3CR 855 on your AM dial. That's right, we're burning down the house here on Raise the Roof, the Housing for the Age Action Group radio show here on 3CR. My name's Shane. I'm here with Leonie. How are you doing today, Leonie? I'm good. How are you? Fantastic. The uh, not-so-fantastic, The well, sort of... Oh, what a terrible intro. Right? <laughs> Wish I could go back and edit that. Um, the Victorian government is currently conducting an inquiry into homelessness, and today we interviewed Gemma White, who's the early intervention worker at HAG, and talked to her about what HAG's views are about that inquiry, what other problems driving homelessness, what other solutions that the government should look at. Um, so we're just going to jump straight to that interview. Uh, so thanks very much for coming in today, Gemma. No worries. Glad to be here. Hi, Gemma. Um, Hi, Leonie. So the main thing that you've come in today to talk about is uh, HAG's work on the state government inquiry into homelessness. Yep. Um, so in June last year, the Victorian government decided that they would uh, start an inquiry into quote-unquote, the state of homelessness in Victoria, uh, with a particular focus on, uh, I'm just reading from the website, providing an independent analysis of the changing scale and nature of homelessness across Victoria, investigating the many social, economic and policy factors that impact on homelessness, and identifying policies and practices from all levels of government that have a bearing on delivering services to the homeless. Um, and of course, HAG's a member-based organisation. A lot of our members are very concerned about homelessness and many have an experience of homelessness or at least the risk of homelessness. So kind of a, a slam dunk for us to want to make a submission uh, on behalf of our members. Uh, and you've been leading that work? Um, yeah, since the oh, end of last year, we've been looking at um, writing our submission. So we've mm -hmm. done a few consultations as part of it. We talked to our membership at one of our meetings and we talked to our peer educators and the cultural diversity reference groups and they all put forward um, ideas about what they think the government should do to end homelessness for older people. Great. We'll, we'll get to what the government should do uh, before too long. Um, what have you found in terms of like how the kind of scale of homelessness for older people has changed? So um, homelessness for older people has grown really significantly. So since the last census, which was... So between 2011 and 2016, mm -hmm. homelessness for older people has grown by 57%. That's actually huge compared to homelessness overall for old populations, which grew 11%. Mm -hmm. It's actually the fastest growing cohort of homeless people. And why? Is that just because of the ageing population? Like there's more older people? or Well, a little bit. There are definitely more older people. But it's not just because of that. Um, there are more older renters, which is really significant. So... More older people are renting, and as we know, we talk about on this show all the time, uh, renting is very unstable and um, unaffordable for older people or any person that's on a pension. 
So people are falling from uh, rental housing into homelessness. Yeah. Um, Gemma, can I ask, you said it was the, the, the period of the data collection. Was that up to 2016 because of the government's data collection being oh, in that period? So it was the census date. So, so the census date yeah, was in 2016. So, yeah. so we're talking about figures which are already yeah, four years out of date with yeah. a trend upwards. So theoretically, we could be expecting the real figure to be even worse. Definitely, we'll find out at the next census. Yeah, which is not too far away now, is it? Yeah, no. Mm, yeah. Yep. Next year. Hopefully a bit better organised than the last one. <laughs> the, um, well, Gem, you've, I think you've got an excerpt there from the part of the submission that's about private rental. Do you want to uh, have a read of that? Sure. Okay, so this is about um, why private rental isn't suitable for older people or people that are on pensions. So with a growing number, with growing numbers of older people living in unaffordable private rental, vulnerable to the weakness of protections afforded by the tenancy law, we need to establish a more substantial supply of public housing where older people can age with the knowledge that they won't be moved into homelessness. Recent improvements in Victorian tenancy laws, like the abolition of no reason notices to vacate, have gone some way to addressing some of these concerns. However, private rental remains fundamentally insecure and inappropriate for older people. The numbers of older people on the edge or at risk of homelessness in the private rental market is rapidly increasing. In 2016, sorry, the 2016 ABS census shows that across Australia there's been a 42% increase in people aged 65 and over on the lowest 40% of incomes who are paying unaffordable rents. For those living from pay to pay, a 14-day notice to vacate due to being unable to pay rent is never far away. Things like the death of a partner, a health crisis incur incurring unexpected costs for those of working age, the loss of a job, will trigger almost immediate homelessness. The reality for private renters reliant on welfare payments or pensions is that housing stress in is inevitable and there is a serious risk of falling into rental arrears and homelessness, even without a specific crisis. Yeah, I mean, it's always been one of Hag's big arguments that private rental is fundamentally unsuitable for older people. Um, sadly, it's also the Victorian government's pretty much only solution to homelessness to date. Um, how much do you think... This is a question for both of you, not just for okay. Gemma. I'm listening. Uh, <laughs> it's not a quiz. <laughs> yeah. Like, how much do you think the inquiry is going to change that? Is the, is the government, you know, just looking to, to put on a show or are we actually going to see real improvements that will make a difference for people? Well, um, I think I'm not as new to the sector. I'm newer to the sector than you are, Gemma, so maybe I'm, you know, my view is slightly different, but I, in the one and a half years I've been working at HAG, I've... I feel that enormous frustration, really, with everybody. Everybody feels this. Well, we feel the same way about you. Yeah. That <laughs> <laughs> just, you know, so much effort, so many inquiries, so many people t telling the government, this governments, not just the Victorian government, telling governments the same thing over and over. It's just really you wonder what is it going to take. I mean, it really, it's, it's an, I just think of the, the crisis we've had with the bushfires this, this past week, like, if that doesn't take people waking up, what it feels like the same thing, sort of this blanket denial of reality from government. Because you know, if you look, if you look at those figures, fifty percent plus increase in homelessness mm. in older people, it's just incredibly shocking. Yeah. It should be like national emergency. And they, I think, and they yet, have the information. That's the they thing. have it's it. It's not like they don't have it. There are reports, especially about older people, 
since the since the last census and showing these huge increases there's been so many reports like researching this i've just come across probably 20 different reports on older people and homelessness yeah. or housing um and the, the reports are on their desks. I don't know what they're doing with them, but yeah. they obviously lack the political will to have any kind of solution, especially in terms of public housing. I mean, you know, we see public housing as the solution for the homelessness crisis. And it, it is, especially for older people, it's the perfect solution. You know, mm. if we could house people at the point of being in housing stress, we wouldn't even have homelessness for older people. But um, obviously they just don't want to put the money in. Well, it's ideologically it inconvenient too, I suppose. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Uh, and by, in a bipartisan way, both both sides of politics hating public housing and wanting to yes. get out of the business. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and let's not forget that our state government, our state Labor government is leading the way in divesting mm. itself of public housing. Exactly. A lot of people don't think know that because they've brought in these some good things with rental law reform. But on the other hand, they're selling off all the public housing. Yeah, so yeah. I mean, obviously, this is also a big part of the submission. Do you want to read out a little bit about public housing from what uh, we're submitting? Yep. Can I just find it first? Sorry. Yeah. Let me just. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> can I tell you a great joke? Yes. Well, I don't know that I can, to be That's honest. Okay. I've got just, it. Yeah, I've got it. Beautiful time filling. I never remember punchlines. <laughs> okay, so this is about there not being enough public housing. If public housing supply was adequate to house those older people who are currently in housing stress, that is paying more than 30% of their income in rent, we'd see a dramatic increase in the number of older people who are homeless. Decrease, sorry. The number of older people who are homeless. Whilst public housing was once the home of Australia's working people, it's become a residual system, housing only the most vulnerable, and even them with no great urgency. If we had a sufficient level of public housing stock, where those of retirement age or unable to work due to disability could access housing at the first signs of housing stress or distress, we could all but eradicate homelessness for older people. The older people who come to the Home at Last service very rarely have the complex issues that make tenancy or housing generally unmanageable. They simply want a place to stay where they can age with dignity and security. In Victoria, social housing stock currently provides accommodation to just 3.5% of the population. The stock of public housing has not grown to meet demand. Instead, public housing stock declined by 581 dwellings between 20, 2006 and 2016, due to the disposable disposal of 6,466 dwellings, mostly through demolition and sales. Though community housing stock has increased by 9,593 dwellings, or 81% during this period, um, it has not kept up with household growth, and there's a graph below to show that it's, yeah, compared okay. to the pop size of the population, the proportion of um, social housing is lower than mm. it was in. So, so this is that this is a Hag's submission. Yeah. Can I just take exception with one little thing that mm, was written please. at the beginning of that? <laughs> please do. Just that traditionally the working class person's home in Australia was their own home. We were the the homeowning capital of the world and that's this is linked to at the state we find ourselves in now because we have got no respect for the rental market because traditionally it was the lowest socio-economic people who were in public housing not like a mature rental market like europe european union when you have upper and middle class people renting for their whole lives so there was always the the political power for better rental conditions in europe because of the people who were renting mm. whereas you know the change in home ownership is one of the, the big drivers in this 
because we got no longer got all the working class people retiring owning their own homes and that was you know so mm. i think that's a really crucial point and it's it goes a long way to explaining where we find ourselves and why there's so little political will because there's yeah compared to say the european yeah, union such a small where proportion we, of the population now we're such in a small proportion housing. of yeah. the population traditionally were in public housing but i think when i don't know i my understanding is that when public housing was sort of booming yeah there were you know it was for people that were, you know, working and kind of like oh, low-income jobs and that sort of thing. Whereas yeah. now, because eligibility is so tight, because there's so little housing, it's, yeah, yeah. it's really people that are but you know, did, disadvantaged. Yeah, you did have just far larger groups of working-class people owning their own homes. Yeah. It was normal for a working-class... I mean, that's the great Australian boom. That's why we had so many British people emigrating, because they knew working-class British people, they emigrated and they could buy their own home, mm. which was something they could never do in Britain. Yeah. Mm. And I guess that's another issue that we haven't really touched on that is driving the growth of um, even older people in private rental is the fact that people aren't able to buy their own homes yeah. the way that they used to, to, especially, you know, if you're in your, even in your 40s and you haven't bought a home yet, to get a mortgage the size that you need to get to own a home these days is just yeah. insane. Yeah, <laughs> just yeah. really unachievable, you know. Yeah, well, the, the, the home ownership rates are you know dropping at mm. the same probably the same rate i don't know i can't quote them off the top of my head do you know them do you know them off the top of your head oh the amount of statistics really i can reel <laughs> off the top of my head <laughs> let me see um okay do you want me to read them out the factors sure. or which ones um, so yeah. there's a long-term trend of reducing numbers of older people who own their own homes yep. so in 1995 85.1 percent of people aged between 55 and 64 own their own home and 84.2 of those over 65 did. But by 2014, these figures had dropped to 80.4% and 84.5. Mm. So in that younger group, 55 to 64, it's dropped almost 5%, which yeah. is really significant. Yeah, and I think it's that six years old, I think it's dropped away. It's a really uh, moving figure, mm. that one. Yeah, yep. yeah, mm. exactly. Um, so we've talked a lot about public housing. Are there other things the government... Can do, you know what does HAG say about other things that the government should or can do sure, uh, to address? So obviously, public housing is the really big one, and so we're suggesting that um, there's an increase of six thousand properties per year mm -hmm. um, to meet the demand. Not just the people that are on the wait list, but the people that are also on um, low incomes in private rental market who aren't on the wait list, which mm -hmm. is a lot of people as well. Um, Okay, what can the government do? So, yeah, 6,000 new properties um, per year per year for the next 10 years. Um, ensure that all public land currently used for public housing is retained for renewal and expansion of public housing, uh, not the mix that we're seeing at the moment of private and public. Mm -hmm. um, ensure any new housing development on public land is 100% affordable housing. Ensure that new developments on public land include at least 30% affordable housing as a condition of building approval. That'd be great, wouldn't it? Um, you know, someone called up the other day, sorry to distract you. Yeah, yeah, you, go for it. Um, who was, uh, somebody called the office the other day and she was asking about the review of the Retirement Villages Act that's going on at the moment. And she suggested something similar was that why don't they make it a rule that every retirement village that gets registered is required to set aside a certain number of units for people means tested on low incomes. Great. Um, a bit like old school ILUs. 
independent living units. Yeah. 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 I mean, we often think about that in terms of planning permissions, like you were just saying, mm. but I thought that was very interesting because I'd never yeah, heard anyone suggested in, yeah. in the context of retirement villages, a massively growing industry yeah. Um, yeah. Where, where that would really benefit people mm. on low incomes. Definitely. Yeah. That's a great idea. Let's write it into us. <laughs> we haven't submitted it yet. <laughs> Why not? Make those changes. Um, yes. Th- thanks to the anonymous caller who... Uh, <laughs> Whoever that was. Um, there's a few other things if you want me to go into Yeah, them. yeah. Yep. So um, things about improving service responses. So um, our service, for example, which specialises in working with older people at risk of homelessness, needs to be a lot better... Um, embedded in the aged care system and we've been doing some work towards that this year Um, and by that I just mean that people that are doing you know aged care assessments for example actually can identify that a person has is at risk of homelessness and can identify that we're the service that can help and that doesn't really happen at the moment so we could really do with some government support to make that happen because it's a really big sort of piece of work um Uh, There's retirement housing stuff about making retirement housing um, fair and affordable. So establish a retirement housing ombudsman. I mean, Shane, you could talk about this because you're the retirement housing worker at HAG. I think possibly the listeners are done with hearing me talk about (laughs) retirement housing ombudsman. Um, Put a stop to excessive fees, which are unregulated. Um, Introduce mandatory minimum training and accreditation standards. I guess that's for managers and reduce the complexity of contracts. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's also stuff about reduce uh, recognising elder abuse as a contributing factor mm. to homelessness for older people. So, you know, we had the Royal Commission um, into family violence and there was a recommendation um, that basically, you know, housing, unmet housing need, you know, was addressed um, and it especially affects older people who maybe, uh, you know, um, have had elder abuse, maybe they're living in family situations, they can't live anymore, live there anymore. Mm-hmm. But they're, you know, because of, uh, you know, either financial abuse or um, psychological abuse, but often because there isn't a housing alternative, they end up staying there, which is just so mm-hmm. crazy and mm-hmm. terrible. So having a um, housing alternative to abuse would be really great. Yeah. And can I just mention there, um, I think elder abuse is one of the the least understood and widely recognised um, forms of family violence that we see in Victoria. Mm. Um, Seniors Rights Victoria, which is the elder abuse specialist legal service, recently published a really great booklet that is meant for either people experiencing elder abuse or especially like friends and family who might suspect that someone is experiencing elder abuse um, with some really great information about how you can support someone if you think they might be in that situation. Uh, yes, which you can I, get from Seniors Rights Victoria. Yeah, I think it's really much more widespread than people realise. Yeah, I think. And I think there's this sort of abuse that falls between the cracks with, you know, you've got what p- people traditionally acknowledge as domestic violence, but then there's a whole lot of uh, financial abuse that women um, are subjected to, mm. which doesn't neatly fit into domestic violence. In my own, in my research and research done by Shelter Australia and... Um, uh, in conjunction with two other people, uh, organisations, we found that 60 and 66% of complex financial abuse was the reason why women who had previously owned homes, women over 50, um, no longer owned a home and were renting. Mm. So 60 to 66% yeah, wow. of women have experienced some sort of complex financial abuse, which is you know basically at the hands of their 
their husbands and brothers, but also mm-hmm. financial institutions and, mm-hmm. you know, patriarchal financial culture. But, but And then that sort of bleeds into elder abuse as well because it ha- can happen, then their children can be doing it to them. It's really, yeah, mm. it's a big yeah. story in there. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. The, um, yeah, if you go back through our archives, you'll find an interview with um, some of the staff from Seniors Rights Victoria and that goes into more detail about the work that they do around elder abuse. Is that something that listeners are interested yeah, in? Yeah, I'm interested in that. I should read it too. Yeah, I was <laughs> thinking that report that you just mentioned. Yeah. It'd be great to see that actually. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, well, we're almost out of time. The uh, uh, Do you want to pump out some more things the government could do or are we have we hit the end of that list? Or? Um. We've sort of hit the end of it. Yeah, that it's public story. housing, isn't it? It is. More public, public housing. housing. That is the key. The, the um. How do I we mean, get them to to accept that that's what we need? Well, I mean, the f- the first thing that people can do, certainly not the last, <laughs> but the first, um, is to make their own submissions to the inquiry. Yeah. Um, they're due by the thirty first of January. Um, you can make a submission through the uh, parliamentary website if you Google uh, inquiry into homelessness. It'll, it'll come up for you. Um, the Council to Homeless Persons has a really great page on their website that is uh, both encouraging people to make their own submissions and has like information about how you can do that most effectively. Um, that is chp.org.au forward slash PI homelessness. Um, chp.org.au forward slash PI homelessness. Um, or you can find it just through the CHP website. Um, There it says, the most important thing when writing a submission is to make recommendations. You can use your insights to help Parliament see what they should be doing about homelessness and to determine what happens next. Um, To formulate your recommendations, it may be useful to consider, and they suggest three questions. Think of a time when you had a home but were about to lose it. What might have changed things? What might have helped you to avoid homelessness? And think of a time when you didn't have a home. What might have changed things for you? The answers to these questions are your recommendations and are important to include in your submission. Uh, CHP has also developed a template to help you with making a submission and they're encouraging anyone who is or has been without a home and wants a quick and easy guide to use that template. And again, that's just through their website. Um, that's they're great ideas, aren't they? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. Um, and again, it, it is people's experiences that, that really uh, drive these changes a lot of the time. Um, so obviously we talk a lot about organising, but this is a great opportunity to directly give your feedback to the government about what needs to happen. Um, thanks so much for coming in, Gemma. There was more parts of that that we wanted to talk about, <laughs> but we've run a little short on time. No worries. Um, so yeah, we'll hear some community announcements and uh, yeah, thanks for coming in. Thanks. Thank you. City, City limits. limits. Brought to us by the People's Committee for Melbourne every Wednesday at 9am. City Limits is Melbourne's only hour devoted to our urban environment. To transport and planning and housing issues. To privatisations and our utility services. To building and or maintaining a sense of community. 855 on the AM band, if we can hear it through the noise and find it through the smog. City City Limits. Rumination, 3CR's Rooming House and Homeless Persons Issues Program, featuring information on health and housing services, as well as live local guests, artists and performers from our unsung community. Join us 
at 12pm on Thursday on 3CR 855 AM. Uh, you're all listening to Raise the Roof, the Housing for the Aged Action Group show on 3CR with Shane and Leonie. Uh, Leonie, we're almost out of time. That this. always goes so quickly. It goes so quickly, doesn't it? I always it? think I talk too much, and if I didn't talk so much, there'd be more time for other more information. <laughs> <laughs> I think you were quite informative. The um, So we like to finish the show by giving out our contact information. So HAG is a, a housing service for older people. If you're over 50 in Victoria and you've got concerns about your housing situation, um, please give us a call. The numbers, Leonie. Uh, no, Don't I just like to make about... my co-host look at me blankly. The no. numbers <laughs> that you can call us on are 9654-7389 or 1300-765-178. Um, again, that's 9654-7389 or 1300-765-178. Um, you can also get involved uh, if you give us a call on those number and you want to get more involved in our kind of campaigning activities, things like... Uh, you know, responding to the the inquiry into homelessness and other kinds of campaigning and activism. Um, we would love for you to get in touch. We have a retirement accommodation action group that meets monthly um, to talk specifically about campaigning for housing justice for older people. And again, that, those same numbers, but ask for Fiona Waters. Um, she can help you get involved with some of that stuff. Um, we've got about a minute left. I was, you know, just I was just thinking that the last number I remember that wasn't my mobile number was the landline of my childhood. <laughs> I know. I think about this all the time. I can still remember the, the phone number for my childhood home, and absolutely no other phone number that I'll ever need. Yeah, and all the, and that the landlines are now extinct. They're just literally almost a thing. So many things are gone, fading mm. away. Yeah. The um. Yeah, I always worry about that if I was ever to get arrested, that I wouldn't know anyone's number to call. No, I wouldn't either. It's Not that I have any reason to think I'll be arrested. <laughs> but we'd all be in the same boat. We would all be in the same boat. Yes, the technology we rely on now is quite fragile in a lot of ways. Yeah. Um, so thanks very much for listening, everyone. Um, if you're interested in the parliamentary inquiry or, or the CHP uh, resource page about how to submit to the parliamentary inquiry, we'll put the links to both of those in the show notes on our webpage, uh, sorry, on the 3CR website um, with all the info that you need in order to make a submission of your own. And we really do encourage you to do that. Um, thanks very much for listening. We'll be back on the second and fourth Wednesday of every month from 5.30. Um, You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au. Thanks for listening. Thanks, Leonie. Bye-bye.